0: Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Friday, September 18th, and this is your FT News Briefing. TikTok might be hitting the U.S. stock market, and Donald Trump's envoy to Northern Ireland warns against creating a hard border by accident. Plus, Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden is struggling to capture America's Latino vote. So what does that mean with just about a month and a half until the election? I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. The Trump administration spent Thursday reviewing proposals on the TikTok-Oracle partnership, and it looks like a U.S. IPO is on the table to help satisfy the White House. TikTok's owner, ByteDance, agreed to list the video-sharing app on a U.S. stock market at some point. One person said the initial public offering could happen within a year. But there are still concerns over whether the Trump administration would allow the China-based ByteDance to retain a majority stake in the new company. And a former White House chief of staff is weighing in on Brexit. Over the past few weeks, we've learned that Prime Minister Boris Johnson wants to introduce new laws that are causing drama between the UK and EU. The legislation would limit the EU's influence on customs arrangements and subsidies in Northern Ireland if there's no trade deal by the end of the year. Mick Mulvaney is now President Trump's special envoy to Northern Ireland. He told the FT he has been assured that no one wants to see a hard border between the Republic and Northern Ireland. There are concerns over what this new element means for a potential trade deal between the U.S. and U.K., U.S. presidential hopeful Joe Biden said a deal would be scrapped if the U.K.'s internal market bill undermines the Northern Ireland peace process.
1: I just have one thing to say. Hang on here.
0: That was Joe Biden playing, on his phone, the song Despacito. It's famously performed by Puerto Rican artist Luis Fonsi, and the Democratic presidential candidate played it right before a Hispanic Heritage Month event in Kissimmee, Florida, earlier this week. It was kind of a cringe-worthy moment, but it's actually a perfect way of describing Biden's trouble drumming up enthusiasm with Latino voters. There just isn't enough noise there right now. Latino votes in swing states such as Florida are important, so are Latino votes in Arizona, one of the traditionally Republican states Biden is trying to get to vote Democrat. With me now is the FT's D.C. Bureau Chief, Dimitri Sevastapilo. He'll be joining me regularly in the final weeks leading up to the U.S. election.
1: Hey, Dimitri. Hey, Mark. How are you?
0: Good. How are you doing?
1: Not too bad. Only, uh, only six or seven weeks to go now.
0: That's right. That's right. So things are heating up, and especially in Arizona. So what is going
1: on there? So Arizona is a fascinating state. It has been a Republican state for a long, long time. Harry Truman, the Democrat, won it in 1948. Bill Clinton won it in 1996. And those are the only two times in the last 70 years that the state voted for a Democrat in the presidential election.
0: And it's not just the presidential race that goes red. Right, we should mention here. Voters go Republican in many down-ballot races too. So what does put it in play this year?
1: The main thing is that demographic trends which are affecting you know the whole of America but particularly in, in the southwest in places like Arizona Texas Nevada you know over the years you've had increased immigration from Mexico Latin America into the southwestern states you have over time had a migration of all Americans but particularly Latinos from parts of California that are very expensive, into some of those states, which are cheaper places to live generally. And so the kind of combination of those trends means that you have a growing uh, Latino population in a state like Arizona. And not all Latinos vote for Democrats. It's important to point that out. But the large majority of them do. So there's just a larger number of potential Democratic voters in a state like Arizona the other thing that's been happening is because of a whole range of kind of anti-immigration or anti-immigrant measures locally in Arizona, rhetoric from Donald Trump about immigrants, about building a wall, you have kind of more reasons for particularly young Latinos, but all Latinos in a state like Arizona, to become more interested in politics
0: So, Dimitri, you know, you mentioned a lot of things that have happened in the years leading up to this election that Joe Biden is inheriting. More Latinos moving into Arizona, anti-immigration rhetoric from Trump.
1: Is it working? It's interesting. If you talk to the Biden campaign, they will say they're investing a lot of money there, although they won't actually say how much they've invested in Arizona, they're doing a lot of virtual campaigning because the Biden campaign, uh, in contrast to the Trump campaign, is largely virtual. There's not very much knocking on doors. So they're investing digitally. They're running you know, a lot of Spanish language ads in addition to English language ads. They've set up a kind of a Latino council, which is a group of Latino Americans who can advise them on you know, what are the key issues that matter to Latinos in a state like Arizona. So all of those things are good. But you know, I've spent the last couple of weeks talking to advocacy groups and activists, both nationally and on the ground in Arizona. And what they all pretty much uniformly say is that Joe Biden got off to a slow start, but that he's catching up. But they say that actually he's just not doing enough. And the people in the campaign and Democrats who say don't invest too much in the Latino community now, they make the argument that Latinos historically have a lower propensity to vote than other segments of the electorate. Now, that's true when you look at the data, but there's kind of two reasons that critics of that argument will give to explain what's going on. One is they say the Latinos in America tend to be younger than other segments of the population, and younger people in every race and ethnicity in America vote at lower levels than older people. But the other thing is they argue that the Democrats haven't invested in Latinos over the years, and that's true for the Republicans too, by the way. And so Latinos haven't invested back in Democrats, and it's a two-way street. unless you take the Latino population seriously and their issues seriously, why are they going to come out and vote for you on Election Day?
0: You know, that's a really interesting insight there, Dimitri. And because of that point, it might mean Biden could have a rougher time reaching Latino voters. Uh, I want to switch gears and talk about Republicans for a second. As you mentioned, Trump has had a history of anti-immigration rhetoric what is this camp doing to reach Latinos now?
1: I think it's probably useful to point out that the Trump campaign has no illusions that they're going to win a majority of Latino voters in America. All they want to do is win over enough Latinos, hopefully boost their performance from four years ago, so that it makes it harder for Joe Biden to win an overall majority in the kind of, in the critical swing state. So that's their game plan. Now, in terms of what they've been doing, which you know Democrats privately say to me is they're quite impressed with, you know, the, the Latino community in America is in itself very diverse. And so what the Trump campaign has been doing is tailoring messages to the Latino communities in different states. So if you're talking to Latin Americans in Florida, where there's a much heavier Venezuelan and Cuban presence, you know, a lot of those people came from autocratic dictatorial regimes in their in their home countries and are very concerned about communism and socialism. So you say, Joe Biden is a socialist, if he wins in November, you're going to have Fidel Castro in the White House. When you're talking to Latinos in Arizona, there's an awful lot of more people who originate from Mexico, so you tell your message slightly differently. Another thing Trump is doing is focusing on an argument that he's using nationally, but he's also tailoring it to Latino men. And that is, yes, the pandemic is terrible, and the public health crisis is awful, and its people are dying. But the Democrats want to keep the country closed. They want the economies to remain in lockdown. They don't want you to work. And if Joe Biden gets elected, you, a Latino man who's providing for your family in Arizona, are not going to be able to because Joe Biden is not going to let you work. Now, I've talked to some pro-democratic activists on the ground in Arizona, and they say that with some Latino men, that message is resonating.
0: Now, I'm glad you brought up the pandemic. How has the way that the Trump administration reacted so far in terms of stimulus, um, you know, letting states handle their own lockdowns, how might that influence their vote?
1: I think that's definitely one of the things that is going to, if a Latino voter is on the fence, that's one of the things that will incline them to go more to Biden than than Trump. And it's certainly true that the Biden campaign in Arizona, as in other states, is one of their kind of core messages is we are in one of the biggest crises to face America in a long, long time and Donald Trump is not fit for office and he is not coming up with any coherent policies to tackle the pandemic, both in terms of how you deal with the public health problem and also how you can open up the economy slowly. But a lot will depend on how the number of cases that we have between now and November 3rd you know, whether a vaccine comes out and lots of other factors. So it's an argument Biden is making, and it's definitely resonating. But how much it will resonate at the end of the day, it's still obviously too early to tell.
0: Dimitri Sevastopoulos is our D.C. Bureau Chief. Thanks for coming on, Dimitri. Thanks, Mark. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Fiona Simon and me, Mark Filippino. Our editor is Dan Bobkoff. We had help from Gavin Coleman, Michael Bruning, and Amy Keen. Our theme song is by Benefour Music. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?